Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Okay, welcome to Woven. Um, today, I'm really excited about our guest. Her name is Jennifer Dukes-Lee, and I'm going to let her introduce herself in just a second. But you are um, finding us in the middle of our series that we are doing for Back to School on finding balance and surrendering control and releasing control. And so we have Jennifer Dukes-Lee on because she has a book coming out, and I'll let her talk about that, called All Under Control. And so, Jennifer, welcome to our podcast. Welcome to Woven. Hi, Rebecca. Rebecca and Rebecca. Yeah, the Rebecca. So, <laughs> yeah, that, okay, so as I'm sitting here thinking I'm talking to two Rebeccas, I've got to tell you, I was one of four Jennifers in a class of 37 people. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay, so it was I'm, just so hard to feel original. <laughs> yes. So it's funny. I'm from small town Texas, so I actually graduated with like 28 people from high school. And so I had lots of Jennifers in my class too, but I actually didn't know any Rebeccas. And I didn't really either. But now we know lots of Rebecca. We it's do. Very it's strange. really funny. Yeah. So. Very interesting. Okay. So, you know, just a little bit of background about you. Can you tell our listeners about yourself and about how you got to um, writing books in general and then writing this book on control? Absolutely. So I am coming to you from a farm in Northwest Iowa. My husband and I live on the fourth generation Lee family farm. We're raising corn and soybeans and pigs. And we're also raising two beautiful human beings, Lydia and Anna. We've got a teenager and an eighth grader and um, or a junior and an eighth grader. And I have been writing since I was their age. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I got my first job as a news reporter when I was 16 years old for a small weekly paper in our community. And, you know, blood runs through my veins, but ink just courses through these <laughs> veins, too. <laughs> and I always thought that I would be a newspaper reporter forever and ever. Amen. I went to journalism school at Iowa State University. I was a news reporter for many years for the Omaha World Herald, for the Des Moines Register, for other papers. I taught journalism for a while at a small Christian college here in Iowa. And then I started blogging. And it was the weirdest thing because I had spent years asking everybody else the hard questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when you're blogging, you start to ask your own self the hard questions. Yeah. yeah. And I could see that certain topics were resonating with people. And particularly around the, the idea of approval seeking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my first book was about that, about seeking God's approval over man's approval. I was so caught up in approval and achievement in my news career, and God taught me a lot about that after I left all of that behind to move to the farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was my first book, Love Idol. It released in 2014. And I, for any writers who are listening, I, I want that to be an encouragement to you because at the time, I was told when I checked out online, how does a small author get 
a book published, if you have a small, it's called platform in the world of writing, like basically do you have a big following? And I didn't, but I had a great idea for a book that really resonated and I got published. And so I hope that offers hope that for any writers. Yeah. And I'm not like some statistical anomaly. Lots of people out there. God is still in the business of rising up writers who don't mm-hmm. come from big names or big, big platforms. But, you know, over time, things have grown a little. And and I wrote another book called The Happiness Dare two years ago. And that ink just continues to course through my veins. Yeah. And so I've got this other book and my first Bible study coming out in in September uh, this month. So um, really, really excited about the message of It's All Under Control. Um, you know, I just started listening to what women were saying about that particular issue of control and realizing I'm not the only one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, I wrote the book because I needed the book. I needed to figure out how to let loose of some things. Um, I never intended, it, it's not really a book for like narcissistic, weird control freaky people who are just trying to put a stranglehold on everybody in their lives. It's for people who kind of feel like life sometimes feels out of control. It's for mm-hmm. women who are asked to do a lot and asked to spin a lot of plates. Um, anybody who has ever heard this quote, if you want something done, ask a busy woman to do it. Yes. Yeah. Um, those busy women will relate to this book. They're asked to be in control of a lot of things because mm-hmm. they do a lot of things well. Mm-hmm. And so this book really helps women to figure out what to let go of, yes. what to hang on to, and, and kind of helping them figure out the difference between the two. Because I know for me, as a woman who wants to live a holy and surrendered life to the Lord, I've read a lot of things about surrender books and blog posts and articles. And often surrender looks like, well, you just need to spend more time at the lake, you know, just get a floaty and, you know, just let it all go. But the reality is, you can't just get off the hook for everything. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes surrender looks like holding on for dear life to people you love, to um, saying yes to another foster child, to going on mission, to staying in a job that is really hard, to taking a second job, to raising your children and helping care, care for your aging parents. I mean, we just can't throw up our hands and say, I quit. So that's a, it's a book for that woman. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, going back to just you personally, I, um, we are in a group called Hope Writers. So if there's any Hope Writers listening, hey, anyways, we're in a group called Hope Writers. And that's how I got connected with Jennifer. And then um, just speaking to your talk on platform or lack thereof, um, as someone who is hoping to be a writer, and hence Hope Writers, who's hoping to be a writer and who um, has an extremely small platform that I hope is growing. um, I just want to say that I resonate so much with your message. And Jennifer spoke at She Speaks last year, which I was at and will be going back to um, next week. But she talked to us about um, about growing our platforms. And I just love your heartbeat about how um, God is still rising at people mm-hmm. um, and writers, even those without small plat- or without big platforms. So I'm just really grateful. So I just want people to know that the personal connection that I have with you, you're not just a random author that we chose to be on the podcast, but it's because I've resonated with your message and because we have the connection through Hope Writers. So, but um, let's dig in more into your book, um, All Under Control. And I think Rebecca um, is going to go with the question um, that's kind of been our, the, the, our favorite part of the book. So Jennifer, I love your um, perspective because I think a lot of culturally and in Christian spheres, what I've been hearing about 
you know, surrender has been very like, have a cup of tea and, you know, listen to music. And that is really good. But I think it's left me a little confused as I've tried to grow in this area. And I've been on this personal journey of learning to rest, which is something we've talked about on the podcast a couple of times. But so I really appreciated that because it it never felt like it was really clicking. Like it was kind of like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm surrendering, you know, air quotes. Um, But it, it didn't really feel that way. So can you talk a little more about that idea? Right. So that has been my experience too. Like surrender just somehow became synonymous with self care. Uh-huh. Um, and there's no question that women need to just chill. <laughs> we need a break. There's no doubt about it. But that's like surrender is not about as much about what's on the to do list or what we're in charge of. It's about, it's a condition of the heart because the truth is. What a shame if this book or if this message somehow convinced women that they just needed to quit everything. Because the truth is, we need capable, take-charge women Mm -hmm. as doctors and nurses, for instance, in operating rooms where details like proper disinfectant matter, right? (laughs) If I'm on the operating table, I want a responsible woman there to control all the bleeding, (laughs) We need people in charge of schools and nonprofits and Fortune 500 companies. We need women to show us that surrender doesn't mean that you just lay down in a pile. Sometimes surrender is march forward like a warrior. It's going to require hard work sometimes, Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, to take in another foster child, maybe to fight for your marriage, um, to kick cancer. you know, just to refuse to this negative self-talk and, and you know, talk from other people, like really to just stand up and rise up against all that takes a strong warrior quality. So surrender is not for the weak. It is for the very strong. Yes. And I love that it's basically you say control is not like doing nothing. It's surrendering to God and how it's not really in like doing less, but mm-hmm. being more of who God created you to be. Exactly. You nailed it. That's right. Yeah. I just think that, um, for me, I, I've had a, felt a sense of shame for being an achieving kind of woman as if it's bad to plan. Um, and you know, I've had women, you know, like maybe in a, like we've been working on a group project or something at, at church, a Bible study or a ministry project. And they say, you just need to rely more on the Holy Spirit as if the Holy Spirit only operates like two minutes before you're about ready to take the stage. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, the Holy Spirit is working in us as women who are planners, are taking care of a lot of things, do carry a lot of things on their plate. And, and there's no doubt that we need more balance in our lives. There is no question that I've had to learn to say no. I've had to learn to delegate a lot of things that are difficult for me to do because I don't like asking for help. Yeah. And I, I've always been the kind of a, a kid and grown up who just wanted to do it on my own. Yeah. Um, but I've learned a lot of those things, but I've also learned that there is no shame in being a woman who wants to achieve, not for one's own glory, but because God equipped us. I get the feeling that 
Christian women think that they should just downplay their ambition. Yes. Yeah. Like you could like you could earn spiritual brownie points if you diminish your gifts. Because we've been taught not to trust any of our motives regarding our accomplishments. Oh my gosh. Talk about that a little more. I mean, we struggled with this starting a podcast. Yeah. Yes. At home moms. And it was like, well, I don't know. Am I being selfish? Am I like, you know, like it was like, what's my real motive for wanting a, it was like all this like yeah, just There's, confusion and frustration. And yeah, it's exactly what you're talking yeah. about. It's like, it's, yeah. such, a, it's such a tension mm-hmm. for women who want to do great things. And I think a lot of women don't make that first step or stick with things because yeah. they've been taught not to trust their motives. Like yeah. that everything is for a selfish aim. But you two ladies are <laughs> consistently showing up mm-hmm. at the microphone to yeah. amplify the voices of other women. I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage the women who are on the other side of, of this podcast today listening and you know who are scared to talk about their side hustle on Facebook yeah, because yeah. they're you know they're self-promoting or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. I so then I think that's part of the reason that the concept of rest gets elevated mm-hmm. as the pinnacle of a life in Jesus, because anything that might look like achievement somehow becomes synonymous with being conceited. Yeah. Ooh, it's yeah. just not fair. You know, it's just not fair. I just want to, you know, just encourage women to to do and shine and and be the people that God created them to be it's not fair to god's creative genius at work in right. people yeah we're not called to shrink we're called to shine yeah, yeah. and i heard jessica honiger on a podcast once talking about that and she was basically saying like that sometimes you don't know what your motive is until you're like you have to step forward so you can she called it like your prayer chair like you can sit in your prayer chair all day but you need to move forward and god's always and it's like almost a lack of faith to think he's not going to get us on the right path if we are veering, right? Like yeah, if we do stay right. a step in faith and like, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. Like, hey, you're being a little this way, get back. It's like, he's always there to help us. But if we never even step, yeah, it, yeah. anyway, that just... Yeah, that's totally true. I, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that it's okay to live a little bit in that tension. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to every day ask, us, uh, ask, ask ourselves the question, why are we doing what we're doing? Yes. But yeah. And um, not to be afraid to take that next step forward. Do you guys know that quote by um, Marianne Williamson? Um, she yes. says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Mm-hmm. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous, something like that. And so mm-hmm. she's really encouraging uh, women to let their light shine. Yeah. Uh, yes. And then you give other people permission to do the same. Yes. Agreed. So well, um, this isn't a talk on Enneagram, but Rebecca knows that I'm like, I love the Enneagram. And we'll go into a second about what, what your three types of control controllers um, in the book. But I am a three. That's me too. Yay! <laughs> so, so a three, I mean, is labeled the performer or the achiever. And for so long, I knew that was my personality, even before I read about the Enneagram. And um, when I became a Christian, when I was 18, um, and I started to like lean into um, my personality more, I started to think that maybe I, I was created wrong, or I, there was no way I was going to be able to be the Christian woman that God has called me to be because my personality was holding me back. And there's just this stigma that like, we just don't like the word achievement. And it's funny. Yeah. 
um, our pastor at our church, Rebecca and I go to the same church, and he talks about how achievement in, in a Christian setting is the outflow of God working in us. And where mm. we talked about the cycle of grace. And out of that, um, achievement is fruit. Achievement is not, if we're doing it with the right motivation from the Lord, achievement isn't is, isn't all about us. Achievement can be a good word and that it's fruit and it's the fruit of God's working in us. And uh, so it's, I've had to spend the last like five years just preaching to myself mm-hmm. that my personality that God is giving me to be an achiever and to want to do big things for him is actually a Christian personality. Like it's not yeah. something that needs to be dismin- diminished. Yeah, absolutely. That is a good word. So um, that kind of leads us into when we're talking about personalities, the three, mm-hmm. three types of controlling. So you can you controllers. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Oh, can yeah. I just say how much I love this part of your book? Like, I was <laughs> just reading you. it and I, it was like that thing where, I mean, you know, I'm labeling everyone in my life. I'm like, Rebecca P is a driver and I'm a darling <laughs> and this person's this. And it's just, it was so much fun, but I love things like this that help me to understand myself more and to you know, dive in a little bit more and understand my motivations and then also what to do about them. So yes, please tell us about that. Absolutely. So um, anybody who's listening, you can read these descriptions in the book and kind of figure out which one you probably are. But I also have a fun quiz, certainly not scientific or psychologically <laughs> researched. Um, maybe just a little bit beyond like the, which Disney princess are you? Um, <laughs> but it does help you figure out if you're a driver, a devoter or a darling. But I think you'll be able to tell which one you are when I give these descriptions. Those are the three, driver, devoter, and darling. And um, all of them have um, this sort of, you know, positive impact on the world. And then just like the Enneagram, they each have their shadow side Mm -hmm. as well. So um, the driver, um, they probably were like the group leader in your high school uh, group projects, very much. Student planners. council president. Yes, that was. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loved being in your group, Rebecca, because you did all the work and they got yeah. the A. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so resentful about it at all. <laughs> I mean, people love drivers because they can handle a lot of things. Um, they are decisive, goal-minded. They're confident. Uh, they're great. You know, CEOs. They're great group leaders. Um, it's kind of, if you want it done, ask her to do it. Um, she's very organized. Like she's probably got everything in her purse that she would ever need. Band-Aids, tight stick, sewing kit, chewing gum, stethoscope, umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, you know, okay. So her shadow side is clearly workaholic. Yeah. Unrealistic goals. She feels like it's all on her. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea that I'm capable, therefore I should. Mm-hmm. So she says, Yes to a lot of things and doesn't always take time to smell the roses. I'm definitely a driver, but I got to tell you, I have pieces of the other two in my own soul as well. And depending on what's going on in life, I can see those pieces rise up, especially the devoter as a mom. Uh, You know, devoters are really energized by a deep concern for the people that they love the most. Um, very caring, generous, tuned into people's needs, happily doing whatever they can to kind of just keep things moving along and in the right general direction. Legitimately cares about everything that's going on in everybody's lives. Um, deep desire to protect the people she loves from pain. Mm. And 
that can be where the shadow side comes in. We've heard the term helicopter parent yeah. for a lot of years, hovering over your child. I don't want this kid to get hurt. I want to make sure she makes the right choices. But at their worst, devoters can even be lawnmower parents, like cutting the path huh. in front yeah. of the child. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's at her worst, a devoter can believe that she knows what's best for everybody that she loves and she can get a little perturbed if someone makes a decision without her input. Mm -hmm. So that can be um, a super annoying aspect of my personality. (laughs) (laughs) And then third, and I've been this too, the darling. Um, You know, a lot of people think about, you know, controllers as controlling other people. Um, and wanting to influence what happens around them. Darlings are probably, if they've wanted to control anybody, it's been themselves. Um, Probably pretty hard on themselves. Um, Very focused on self-improvement. Probably more likely to control herself again than others, unlike the drivers and the devoters. She has very high standards of personal integrity and behavior. behavior. Um, When it's all going well, her excellence reflects God's power at work within her. It could be a really, really good thing. But at her worst, she is a perfectionist. She's an approval seeker. Uh, A a darling tends to fear abandonment. She's very much afraid of being average. Um, This is just me to a (laughs) T. It really, really is. Off feels anxious over the pressure to perform. And often presents an idealized version of herself. And that's where her weariness comes from, is feeling like I've always got to be on my game. Yes. Um, and it's not just in the way she looks. I mean, it's not It's not that. It's like, it's deeper. It's yeah, much, much It's deeper. almost like, for me, it can be a managing my emotions and my, you mm-hmm. know, thinking I have to feel like this, like in motherhood especially, like it was really hard for me to understand that I could be really angry at my kids and also really love them at the same time. Yeah, things like that, that are, you know, you hear perfectionist and like, I don't present as a typical perfectionist, but I think that's what's so cool about these types is it's really kind of about the underlying like thing under it, you know? Right. Yeah. And I'm definitely, I'm definitely a driver. I mean, everything you said, I'm definitely a driver. I have a little bit of the darling in me because I'm the three. So I am a people pleaser and I seek approval and I want everybody to clap and like me um, at my worst. And so, um, yeah, so, but definitely the driver is, is mine for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how we work together because of those two things. (laughs) Like I'm always the pusher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh (laughs) So I had so much fun making the quiz because I was trying to think of pop culture figures who fit these. Yes. So do you guys watch um, Parks and Rec? Yeah. Leslie Nope is a total a driver. driver. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, everybody loves Raymond, that mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's the devoter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like Monica from Friends would be oh, a darling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> really? Monica from Friends? Huh. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. You see it? Uh-huh. I do see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm, I'm actually, because I can't watch any more news or anything. When I get all stressed out, when I watch the news or current events, I go watch <laughs> Friends reruns. That's how I deal with my anxiety. And uh, yes. the episode was just on about her, um, they switch apartments. Oh, And uh-huh. she gets so upset that she's no longer the host. 
She wants to be the host, uh-huh. and she's so upset that she spends all night making the new apartment look nice so that she can be the host. That's funny. Like, yeah. And she has like eleven categories for her towels. Yes. <laughs> yep. Definitely. So it's darling, so, so neurotic. We're neurotic. Yeah. <laughs> I have all kinds of pop culture references like that because there are so many control freaks on TV and in movies that we can't help but love. Like. Um, um, Hermione from Harry Potter, mm-hmm. even you know, mm-hmm. she's like, "You're saying it wrong. It's Leviosa, Levi- yes, Leviosa, yes. not Leviosa." <laughs> yeah, definitely, totally, totally. I love that. Oh, that's it's always good to bring humor to convicting things. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So, um, when we're talking about surrendering to God, and we're seeing like. Okay, we see these types of controller. We're kind of like, I think I'm this type. So that helps us to know what maybe it is that we need to surrender. So what is the difference, do you think, between... So we talked about surrendered living is being more of who God created you to be. And that is what we're defining as true rest for our souls. Just living out of God's design for us and not trying to overdo anything that we're like, you know, maybe lacking in. But what what do you think that really looks like that big picture, the surrendered living, kind of taking Jesus's yoke. Like, what is that really, what is the fruit of that that we can see? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and I hope I'm answering the question, um, in the way that, that fits the, what you're intending to ask, but what immediately came to mind was how, I have tended to compartmentalize God in my life. Mm. Um, and then that's what that's when I go into overdrive as a driver. That's when I begin to achieve uh, not for God's glory, but for some kind of other shadow side of my two-faced heart. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, an answer to that that I discovered um, even before writing the book, as, as the book was writing itself in my own life, was... I, I'm really big on to-do lists, mm-hmm. as you probably are not surprised one bit, but I actually used to put God on my to-do list, and then kind of at the top, so I wouldn't forget to, mm-hmm. you know, have him first on my to-do list. And what I did was I took God off my to-do list, mm-hmm. which sounds like a crazy thing, but I have a whole chapter about that in the book because what happened is he became... 15 minutes of my day and I could literally go about my work for hours and not give Jesus so much as a thought. Mm -hmm. And so even my, even my just daily work and tasks, even in ministry felt overachieving. (laughs) Like I was all about, you know, having to get things done. And what I started to do was think about the fact that you know, we say that Christ is in us, but really we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I did the same thing with my to-do list. God is on my list, yes, but my list is in God. Like mm-hmm. every morning, can I just meet with God and say, what are we going to do today? How can I make choices today that honor your plans for my life? And and even as, you know, I'm praying about what's on my heart or praying about circumstances that people are going through, like even taking this, the things that are on my to-do list in front of him and say, how, 
what do, what do we accomplish together today? How can I partner with you, God, in the things that you're already doing instead of treating you like an employee? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you be CEO of all that I do as a mother, as a writer, as a speaker? And it's it was just a way of framing my mind um, so that my work felt like not drudgery, but part of living surrendered to him, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, speaking of like Christian cliches that I don't like, um, <laughs> the, uh, let, let go and let God. That was one of my favorite things in the book because I have always like, like that has always bristled me um, that, that let go and let God. And I understand the like heartbeat behind it, but I was going to um, read a paragraph um, from your book and, and in the chapter on um, letting go and hanging on. And this rings true to me. And I'll tell you why in a second after I read it. It's absolutely true that our sovereign God is in control of our relationships kids and finances. It's also true that God can single-handedly do anything he chooses to resolve social injustice and world hunger. But before you let go, ask yourself if God is calling you into the hard work of hanging on. In this age, he tends to use spirit-empowered people to do his work, the hard work of hanging on to make a broken world better. And um, I've really struggled with this as I've been trying to, to write a book and get published. I'm in that whole like rejection process and, and networking process and trying to figure all of that out. And I am, I have a lot of like, well, many people in my life that are just like, you know, just sit back and and God will take care of it. And when you're supposed to get published, you will get published, which is true. And if I'm supposed to get published, God will open doors. And I, I see the heartbeat and, and the, the, the motivation behind that. But God has also called me into this work and I, he has not called me just to sit and wait either. So it's, it, can you talk a little bit about that tension, attention between letting go and hanging on? Yes. I love what you said there. And I think it's, we don't know what to do with sometimes with women who are going after their goals. Again, it goes back to that. We're so suspect of what looks like unhealthy ambition and, um, God is constantly in the business of, you know, blessing the hard work of his servants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just go down to Haiti and ask any missionary who lives down there. They're not just sitting around um, saying, like, oh, my God, you know, like, <laughs> oh, there's another poor, poor person dying in the hut um, across the street. Well, let go and let God. He'll, you know, he'll take care of it. I mean, just... The, the sentence that I that I started that chapter with is sometimes let go and let God is bad advice. Yeah. It looks cute on a mug with a flower, a coffee mug, but um, in real life, it just doesn't always pan out that way. I mean, there's certainly times where you do have to let go, you know, yeah. a toxic relationship, um, something where you're, you know, you're trying to walk through some door that God has never intended you to walk through, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> but you just can't ignore this creative genius of God inside of you mm-hmm. calling you for such a time as this to do hard things and to hang on when you think there, there, there's just no way. Um, you know, it's, I think oftentimes we use let go, let go as an excuse. Yeah. Um, for sure. Because then we don't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to get our hands dirty. Um, but surrender is often really wild and really, really hard. And maybe, you know, you'll, maybe you'll get to let go later, but maybe not yet. You know, maybe, maybe you got to hang on a while longer, but certainly don't let go just because it's difficult. 
Let go only when it's time. And I think that that, again, kind of comes back to this daily sitting with the Lord and saying, here, you know what, help me make make choices that honor your plans for my life. And so as a writer, Rebecca, to continue to come to the page every day and and write and continue to work on your platform. There's nothing wrong with that. To continue to make connections with other writers and to have them on your podcast and to continue to to figure out ways to get this podcast out into the world to bless other people. But if in the process of that your platform grows, that's okay. Like if you had the best chocolate chip cookie recipe ever known to man wouldn't it be a shame if you kept that a secret yeah it would be a shame and so broaden that out to whatever it is that god created you to do like just take it out there and continue to grow for his glory and constantly do those self that that self-checking of why am i doing what am i what what i'm doing am i really you know is this the shadow side of my wing two at work here uh is this the shadow side of my Enneagram three, like what's going on here? But I, I think that God works that out in all of us, um, in our, in our two faced hearts. Um, but don't give up just because it's hard. I love talking to Jennifer and I think she just gives us permission to step into our lives. I feel like, don't you agree, Rebecca? It just felt like this big, like permission slip, like it's okay to do things. Go for it. Yep. Run the race you've been given. I love it. So anyway, more of that next week. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. Reek. A wonderful week. (laughs) 